To this May 5th, 2022 edition of Evangelination, where we are evangelizing the nation for the best and brightest future of our country, our world, and our eternal souls. And what could be more important than that? So how do you evangelize a whole nation? Well, I'm going to lay out uh, that blueprint right now. So are you ready? How do you evangelize a whole nation? Well, first, we do this by taking care of our family. How do you change the nation? You are taking care of your spouse, your children, your mother and father, your sisters and brothers, your aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, and cousins, your neighbors, your parish family, your local community. You are strengthening the fabric of society by loving and caring for your neighbor. Now, how are we able to do that? How do we take care of others and strengthen the fabric of society? Unless we ourselves are strong, unless we ourselves have what I call personal integrity. So our topic today is personal integrity. And this really gets at the heart of how we evangelize the nation. Because first we start with ourselves and our families. You know, we, we can't help our families if we ourselves are not established in personal integrity. So we want to establish ourselves in personal integrity first, and that enables us to strengthen our families, the foundation of civil society, and then all those around us, and even in our local, state, and national governments, if, if we're ever called into that kind of sphere of influence. So personal integrity is the core. Now let's talk about this word integrity. What does it mean? You know, when a foundation of a house has integrity, it is firm and solid and capable of being built upon. Well, the same is true for us. When we are personally integrated, mind, heart, and will working together, then we can build upon that in a way that will lead us to make right decisions and to do things with love. So when we have a foundation within ourselves that is strong and firm, then we can build upon that a, a life that is beautiful and fulfilling and a life that changes the world as we are called and created to do. You know, you were brought into this world and you were born into this world at this time for a time such as this. You are in this generation on the planet for a reason. So let's talk about personal integrity. As I mentioned, we want to integrate the mind and what we think and our heart and what we feel, our dispositions and attitudes we have, and our will and what and how we pursue things. You know, do we pursue things resolutely or in a half-hearted way? You know, so a person of integrity uh, believes the truth in the mind and thinks the truth in the mind and is well formed in the truth by study. You know, that's what we all need to be doing is studying the truth 
because the truth sets us free. Now to know the truth is one thing, but then to attach it to our hearts so that our hearts are formed and conformed to that truth, well, that is step two of personal integrity. So we have to know the truth and then be set free by it in the heart. And so the heart is the faculty of the human person capable of receiving God's grace and receiving love. And it is only by receiving God's grace that we are able to give grace, to give love. And it is in this cycle of giving and receiving love that we build the foundations of civil society in our homes, in our family, first in our marriage, and then with our children and extended family members and friends and acquaintances. So we cannot have personal integrity if we are not able to believe the truth about reality, which is that basically God is God and we are not in a nutshell, and that he is our all and he is capable and almighty to give us the grace we need for our days. When our heart is conformed to this truth in our minds, then we can receive the grace of God in our hearts where the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of hearts. And so when we receive the grace of the Almighty Father to live as children of the Father truly, as members of the one family we are born into, the Trinitarian family of God, you know, that is what we are called into at baptism. We are baptized into the family of the Father, Son, and Spirit and the family of believers. So when we are able to receive from the Almighty Father, we have all we need. You know, in this family, our Father is very, very wealthy. He created everything. He owns all things, if you will. There isn't anything apart from God. And so he is, in effect, you could say, he is the owner of the universe. And he gives it freely to us. He doesn't sell anything to us. We don't have to buy it. He is our father. So he freely provides everything we need. He provides for us. So the heart is the faculty of receiving all of his graces, receiving his love, receiving uh, the love and wisdom and power and virtue to live lives of integrity, to live lives conformed to the truth that is Jesus Christ, that is the Father, Son, and Spirit, being the almighty source of all good things in our lives. You know, so when we understand the truth that we are contingent beings, as St. Thomas Aquinas would call us, contingent upon God's all-powerful goodness and might and ubiquitous presence, then we are truly capable of being in a disposition of the heart, of having an attitude of the heart that enables us to receive God's grace and presence in our lives and providence. And it is only by receiving God's providential grace that we are empowered to love others, to love our spouse, to love our children, to love our neighbors, whoever that might be, wherever we are. You know, so that is one of the commandments that God gave us, right? It's part of the truth of his training in his school of human perfection. He told us to love one another and he meant it. 
He told us to love him and to love one another. And that is the kingdom of hearts that makes us happy. Now, the will is the unique faculty of the human being, which is associated with excellence. So the human free will is a faculty oriented toward excellence. You know, you watch the Olympics and you see these champion athletes and they are displaying in their performances the fruit of a billion or more acts of integrity moving toward a goal, right? So they've used their mind to form a goal, that right instruction from their coaches, right? And they've set their hearts upon it and they've pursued it with disciplined acts of the will to achieve that goal. And this is how they become portraits of human excellence, at least in athletics. Now, in the same vein, we can become champion lovers, right? Builders of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of love, wherever we go. We can love our spouse better than ever before. We can love our children better than ever before. We can love our sisters and brothers ever better than ever before. We can love ourselves better than ever before. You know, we can love God and our neighbors and our family members, friends, and acquaintances, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, and cousins, everyone we meet, especially our parish priest who needs so much love and support and our bishop and our religious uh, in our community, all the people around us that we know. We don't want to ignore the people in our neighborhoods either. We want to be sources of love for them, of wisdom, grace, right? So this is a portrait of human excellence and of social excellence. This is an excellent society. And this is how we rebuild the fabric of society and become truly an evangelized nation again, a nation of individuals who live in service of one another freely, just as Jesus taught us on that Holy Thursday night, you know, his last supper with the disciples when he washed their feet as an example for us, you know, and they were of course celebrating the ancient Passover, right? The first Passover was the powerful release of the Israelite slaves who were living in captivity, forced in servile labor to their masters in Egypt. You know, God did a mighty, mighty deed. He released them from the death sentence of Pharaoh, which was that every firstborn child of the Israelites would die. And the Lord God Almighty reversed this command so that it came instead upon Pharaoh and the Egyptians, right? And so, as you know, the Israelites, led by Moses, received God's message in prayer and instruction. And so they slaughtered the Paschal lamb, the first Paschal lamb, the sacrificial, unblemished, pure lamb. And they put the blood of the lamb on the lintels and the doorposts of each of their homes. So their doors were covered with the blood of the lamb. And this was so that the angel of death which God sent to reverse the command of Pharaoh so that it would come upon the firstborn of all the land, but not the Israelites, whose homes were marked with the blood of the lamb. So this powerful and mighty deed of human history was done by the Lord God Almighty, the same God who is our God and Father today. And so when you mark your mind 
body, soul, and spirit, your family, and your household with the blood of the Lamb, was Jesus Christ, our Paschal victim, you know, who became the Paschal victim that Holy Thursday night into Good Friday, and who rose again on Easter Sunday. You know, that saves us. That Paschal mystery is what we are all about as Christians. And so that uh, uh, covering of the, of the blood of the Lamb on our minds and our hearts and our wills, that is what frees us from slavery to um, false uh, falsehood and um, unrighteous goals because we can slavishly pursue with our willpower unrighteous goals, right? But when we cover ourselves with the blood of the lamb, um, then we can be free, set free to live truly in the plan of God, the beautiful plan of happiness that God has prepared for us. You know, so this Paschal mystery is what we are all about as Christians, and so I mention all this because we are called into service, the service of love. And that is your power and purpose and God's plan for your life. And it makes you happy. So you were born for this moment in history to serve your fellow man and women, your fellow men and women around you in love. You are called into service just as Jesus washed the feet of his disciples so lovingly. He freely served them. Not by forced service or labor like in Egypt, but free, loving service. And by his service as the new Passover sacrificial lamb, Jesus Christ gave up his life and spent his lifeblood to purchase for you the opportunity to move out of slavery and, in, and to move into the freedom of the promised land, which for us today is a spiritual heavenly happiness. Right? So Jesus paid the price for us. He did this for us. Uh, God has uh, done this for you, uh, for us. You are invited, invited now into this Paschal mystery. And you can enter into it every single day. Did you know that? By attending the holy sacrifice of the Mass in a Catholic church, which is the great power and purpose of the Catholic church, the Catholic communion, to renew that Paschal mystery on the altar so that we can receive Jesus Christ in Holy Communion in the most holy Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. We can receive him into us, into you, into your body, mind, soul, and spirit, so that you can receive the grace you need to go out and love your neighbor and fulfill your purpose, which is to know and love God. And one of the ways we know and love God is to serve our neighbor. Jesus said, whatever you do to the least of these, you do unto me. So when we know and love God, we have to turn around and know and love our neighbor. Because that, that is how we love the invisible God we cannot see, by loving the visible neighbor we do see. He gave us these neighbors, and he set it up this way, so that by faith, not by sight, we might love him by loving our neighbor. Right? Does this make sense? So anyway, this is how we are going to evangelize the nation, one person at a time. Look, this is a simple plan, okay? Share this podcast with as many people as you know. Let's all start doing this. Start doing it today. You know, meditate on it. Think on it. Love finds a way, especially when it is connected to the powerful will that we have, this faculty of pursuing excellence. So we need to get it clear in the head, the truth, the reality, 
Yeah, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So he's, first of all, the truth in your mind and the way of love in the heart and the life of grace that we must correspond to with our will. And, you know, God can pour out an abundance of graces and blessings upon you, but you can be like a stone, a stone over which water just rolls right off. You know, God's grace is coming to you all the time, but you have to receive it. God is faithful, but you have to be faithful too. So with the faculty of the will, you have to respond. You have to be like rich, fertile, loam, soil. You have to be able to receive the rains of blessings that come down from heaven, the powerful grace of the Almighty coming into you, into your soul. You need to receive that with your heart. And then you need to set your heart upon it and your will firmly fixed on pursuing it, what God is telling you to do in your life through his commandments and biblical injunctions and the precepts of the church and just what he's speaking to you right now in the heart. If you are confessed and pure, the Holy Spirit will speak to you in your heart and guide you. Right? So we have to set our minds on right objectives and goals through a diligent study of the truth, of the truths of the Catholic faith, which which have been handed down for generations from the beginnings of Christianity to the present day. And these truths have been beautifully brought together in the catechism of the Catholic Church. You know, you can find it online. Just check it out. Google uh, search the catechism of the Catholic Church and you will find it. So anyway, study it. And, um, and you know, we have classes we are offering periodically. And I'll be posting some soon on the website of the Pauline Community of St. Joseph. You know, and you can study more about the catechism and the truths of reality of the human uh, race and history, our shared human history and our uh, shared human journey together. You know, the, Catholic, the catechism of the Catholic faith uh, uh, it captures it very well. And, you know, uh, the catechism is brought to us through the agency of the church that Jesus Christ founded. You know, so remember that the Bible was given to us by this church, by the community of believers. You know, it was the community that codified the Bible and canonized the Bible and interpreted it, uh, all the writings um, in, in, in the early church documents and the writings of the early church fathers, you know. So the scriptures, both you know, the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, and the New Testament are copiously cited in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, as are the writings of the early church fathers. So read the Catechism of the Catholic Church and make it that which forms in you, in your mind, the truth that you will live by. And it will purify your heart to study. You know, confession will continue to purify your heart too, so that the Holy Spirit can live in you and teach you all that, remind you all that Jesus has taught. You know, uh, confession is so important. Confess your your sins to a priest, because he stands in the place of your heavenly father and also represents the community of believers to which you must be held accountable, right? You, if you sin, it's not private. You've offended the community of believers. And, but so, you know, private confession to a priest is so discreet. It's such a gentle way of confessing, uh, to all the community of believers. So you don't have to stand up in church and say, I did something, you know, super terrible, which is really embarrassing, right? 
This is a discreet and gentle way. Just confess your sins to the priest. He stands in, uh, in, in the in persona Christi, in the person of Christ, who will receive your confession, and also in the person of all your uh, your uh, your whole community of believers uh, who whom you have uh, uh, offended with your sins, right? And you know what? Also, you want to do this. You want to make a spiritual confession to your spouse. This is uh, not a sacramental confession in the in the sacrament of uh, reconciliation with the priest in the church. This is in your home. Confess to your spouse and say you're sorry to your children. When you do something wrong, say you're sorry to your neighbors and begin with peace. And then the purity of your heart will give you the strength to receive the grace of God in your heart. Not like a stone over which water just runs off, but like rich, fertile soil that will drink in God's grace and that will cause to sprout up within you sturdy and beautiful plants that will flower and will bear fruit that will feed you and nourish you. And, you know, what I'm talking about here is the virtues uh, that you can put into practice. Let them flower and fruit in you. And, you know, I'm also talking about inspirations that you will receive that will give you insights about the goals and objectives that you need to be pursuing in your life with the faculty of your willpower. And when you are doing this, you are becoming a person of powerful personal integrity. And this is how you will, uh, we will have a society of integrity, how we will restore the fabric of our society, of our nation, one person at a time. So folks, this is the plan, all right? And now I want to share with you something that I learned from the Blessed Virgin Mary to help us uh, do this, uh, carry out this plan. And, you know, she is our mother and our teacher and our queen. And she's come to us with great love and, and personal integrity. And she's been sent by the Father to be a good mother to us, to care for us, to show us the way to Jesus Christ, her Son, our Lord, the way of truth and life. And so I want to share with you something that she said in the Messages of Medjugorje. Uh, this was in the second of the month messages uh, given to Mirjana, and it was, it was on February 2nd, 2014. And in effect, she said uh, that she wants all of her son's disciples to have three things. She said, I desire that in your actions as my apostles, you be exact, resolute, and above all, sincere. All right. She also said, I desire that by the grace of God, you be open for a blessing. So again, there is that receptivity that is necessary to live the divine life with the, with the Holy Family and the Holy Trinity, right? The, the family of God. So let's look at these three things. The first one was that she wanted us to be exact, precise, I guess, in, in what we say and in what we think. So we want not to be careless or reckless, but exact in the truth and obtaining and maintaining truth in the mind and then speaking the truth exactly, right? So uh, what we form in our minds exactly, we speak with our lips. So we want to speak the truth exactly. And next, she wants the disciples of her son, her apostles, uh, she wants us to be resolute in pursuing the good 
So we have to set our uh, wills firmly uh, in uh, pursuing the good, not be um, given to acedia, which is really laziness in pursuing spiritual truths uh, and uh, pursuing the good of our neighbor. So we want to be uh, diligent and resolute pursuing the good, resolved uh, to, to re- uh, pursue the good. And lastly, and most importantly, she wants us to be sincere. And so I think that means sincere in the heart. Uh, so these three words that she gave us, exact, resolute, and sincere, you know, I was thinking that they correspond with the mind, the will and the heart. So I want to be exact what we say uh, you know, as we express our minds, and we want to be resolute with the will to pursue the good, and we want to be sincere with the heart so that we are not going through the motions like a, a clanging cymbal or a noisy gong, as St. Paul would say, but that we are truly living each day in integrated acts of loving. So that is what sincerity of heart is about, being sincere in one's pursuit of the good, and the pursuit of the good is love, because love is willing the good of the other. Love is willing the good of your neighbor and willing the good of yourself in a way that is not selfish, but is interdependent with willing the good of others. So I'd like to leave you with these three words of Our Lady. We want to be exact in speaking the truth, which is an expression of the mind, uh, And so we need to conform our minds to the truth. Uh, So study the catechism. Uh, And we want to be resolute with the willpower to achieve our goals in the pursuit of the good in an excellent way. And we want to be sincere in all we do so that the heart is not left out of the equation, but is at the center of the equation, mind, heart, and will, so that we are sincerely loving in all that we do and think and say. And my friends, you know, this will revolutionize our lives, our nation, and our whole world, right? So I invite you into this task. Let's do it together. And share this podcast. Support it if you can. And until next time, God love you. Bye now.